Welcome again, everyone. This is Tom Funk with Trail Tales. Thanks again for joining me on my hike across Michigan's Upper Peninsula. We are now entering the ninth chapter in Mackinac County. So this is the last county of the trip. Uh, so I've only got a few days left. And uh, we will be done with this epic adventure. Mackinac is a name given by the Native Americans living in the area at the time. Barely 10,000 people live in this 1,021 square mile county. Although Father Jacques Marquette founded St. Ignace in 1671, Native Americans have made this an important cultural and transportation meeting point for thousands of years. Today is August 25th, 1998, and... Uh, we're going to start at Trout Lake today, and we're going to end up at Lake Michigan Recreation Area. I'm going to do 20 miles today, and uh, it's going to be bringing me up to over 400 miles. In fact, it's going to be 422.3 miles. High of 80 today, cloudy scattered rain, and then clearing, and uh, no bugs today, and uh, asphalt and trails will... Uh, uh, lead us on our way. Nature never did betray the heart that loved her. William Wordsworth. My daily goal is to make it to the Lake Michigan Recreation Area before sundown. This is where Sean and I stayed the night before our pictured rock misadventure, and is where my dad and Annie stayed the day before they left me hanging in Trap Hills. It is a large campground, and I am sure there will be sites uh, being in the middle of the week at the end of August. To do so, I must boogie, because it looks like it will be a long, long walk. I completely forgot all about popping some Advil yesterday, which probably slowed my progress. Keeping that in mind, I should be able to make some good time today, provided I can find the North Country Trailhead where it crosses M123. The road is again straight with the occasional bend in the road. Around the location of Ozark, uh, I notice a large quarry on the east side of M123. Ozark, well, originally was spelled A-U-X-A-R-C, but pronounced Ozark, meaning the bend. Uh, this was a site of a charcoal kiln built by the Martell Furnace Company. And looking around, I see nothing that remains of this furnace company that started in 1882. Ozark has had a post office here, which closed in 1966. At the summit, exposed bedrock of Cambrian origin sticks out of the roadbed and makes an excellent seat to take a break. This rock was created during the Silurian period of the Paleozoic era between 405 and 425 million years ago. Take or give 10 or a million years. These rocks are sediments that remained after ancient seas covered the area, and I am sure the quarry is probably profiting from the life that existed here millions of years ago. The North Coast Trail should cross M123 just south of the Kenneth Town site, three miles south of my current location. Pain evident in my feet, I pop 800 milligrams of ibuprofen, and I float towards the trailhead. Kenneth is just an intersection in the road. Only one house remains uh, from this lumber town established in 1900. Also, it's a station on the Duluth South Shore and Atlantic Railroad, and all that remains today is that there's hardly a tall tree in the area. From this location, I trowed downhill towards a creek bed. Referring to my maps, it is the Bissell Creek, which is barely a dribble running through a dried-up swamp. Up the embankment on the other side, I can see two signs, one on each side of the road. Could this be the North Country Trail? 
I continue to walk closer, and it is. Both sides reading North Country Trail. Although the signs are here, I hope the trail is in good shape. Trudging through the ditch to the other side, I enter a young forest, and I am welcomed by a trail carved out of the forest, complete with blue diamonds and blazes. It appears that this trail is well used and maintained. Following what looks like an ancient logging road, no vehicle could ever make it through this trail choked with balsam fir and popple. However, a courageous soul sure can. The habitats are mixed forest, and no single habitat type really dominates here. Looks as if it's been logged over several times in the past. Treading downhill into a swamp area reminiscent of the muck I walked through at Chiquamon Falls. The trail is off a two-track of which someone has carved a thin four-foot-wide corridor through this thick cedar swamp. In doing so, whoever cut the cedar laid down a corduroy pathway about two feet wide. Cedar posts stick out of the ground, but they are not attached, nor are they supporting the trail above the muck. There are no more blue diamonds here, but it's obvious that this is the trail. Someone took a great amount of time and energy to build this path through this swamp. This path continues to wind about one quarter mile through the swamp. Finding a few clearings, it seems that possibly hunters have cleared out a small portion of cedars in order to camp. In fact, in one of the clearings, a huge bonfire was built recently. Cinders three feet off the ground make a conical shape that is five feet across. Someone burned a lot of wood here and recently. I don't feel too comfortable here and I continue to move. The trail leads me out of the swamp and ended about 50 feet from a real bridge over the Carp River. This thing looks like a physics project gone bad. Constructed out of 12x12s, it has a 30% incline to the actual bridge. This bridge must have been dropped out of the sky since I am at least two miles from the nearest road. Even the railings are made of these large timbers. While sitting to take a 15-minute break, I mostly think of myself uh, that this may be my last wilderness experience of the trip. In the east unit of the Hiawatha National Forest, it is a total of 879,000 acres. This particular unit, I think I mentioned before, touches three of the Great Lakes. No other national forest can make a claim that they touch three major bodies of water. The Carp River, well, it's slow, it's stained with tannic acid, and it's about 10 feet wide. The water has to move through the Cedar Swamp east where it will dump its contents into St. Martin Bay on Lake Huron. The forest that surrounds me provides the sounds, and I cannot hear any signs of man whatsoever. If it were not for the fact I need to keep a tight schedule, I think I'd camp here, but I must forge on. I descend to the other side of the bridge, and at another 30-degree angle, downwards, to my right, has uh, someone has cleared uh, some tent pads, and it appears they've been used recently. And litter, unfortunately, gives away man's presence. I pick up the gum wrappers and other assorted pieces of trash and continue my walk. The trail is well-maintained wide and apparently well-used. I arrive at my first road intersection, Burma Road, and pop another ibuprofen and continue to hover through the forest, which is a mosaic of plantation red pine and popple. The next road, Worth Road, and I'm ready for another ibuprofen since the pain is already back. These pills are only working for about an hour, but I just had one, and I'll have to grin and bear it. I think of my mother to see if the pain will go away, but it only makes it worse. The trail is wide, it's free of leaf litter, and it is well marked. I think people really do walk the trail in this area. I come to an open field and do another road. According to my map, this is U.S. Forest Service 3108, which would take me to U.S. 2 and Lake Michigan. 
On both sides of the road, large brown new signs reading North Country Trail point out the existence of the longest trail in the United States. Why are not signs like this in the Ottawa or in Tequamanon? Oh, these signs are absolutely beautiful to me, uh, but a little too late on this hike. The North Country Trail crosses 3108 and to the west, only across back over half mile later to the east. My dad told me that he could not find the North Country Trail when he walked from Lake Michigan Recreation Area. Consulting my maps, the North Country Trail does not run through the Lake Michigan Recreation Area. It parallels US-2 to the north, and this Forest Service campground is to the south of US-2. I'm just about done with my day, and I choose to stick to the road for another mile or so, as it's getting late, and I do not want to get displaced so close to my destination. I hear traffic in the distance of a busy highway, and the surroundings are dunes and dune forests. I'm close to Michigami, or Great Lake. I reach a bend in the road, and it's a straight shot to US-2. The pain is intense in my feet and my legs. The ibuprofen takes the edge off for about a half hour or so. Then the pain returns even worse than before. I'm now driven to the brink of tears. I am struggling to reach this campground less than a mile away. To reach this oasis, I have to walk on the asphalt, which normally is an uncomfortable walk, to say the least. Walking in the grass kicks up billions of gnats that end up being sucked into my lungs, causing excessive discomfort. Every pick, prick of pain is magnified ten times. I am so focused on finishing that I must not succumb to the pain. Greeting US-2 with a sense of euphoria, just to my left across the highway, I can see Lake Michigan Recreation Area. This highway, which runs from Seattle to Sault Ste. Marie, is crossed in a matter of seconds. Stumbling down the path, I reach the first campsite, which is vacant. It is dug out of the sand about three feet below the road level and is supported by railroad ties. The surface is black cinders, which is uh, not the most appealing site to pitch a camp, but I am so fatigued, sore, and in pain, I really don't care, and I run and launch my pack off my back onto the lone picnic table. Immediately, I remove my boots, watching the steaming sweat rise from my feet. On go the sandals, and I hobble to create camp. 18 miles remain to St. Ignace and the end of my trip of my lifetime. In full view of Lake Michigan and all its glory, I am overcome by anxiety, realizing that I am within a day or two tops of my final destination. Reviewing my maps, I determined that I have walked 20 miles today. Wow! I did not know getting ahead of schedule was such hard work. 20 miles? 20 I walked from 9.30 a.m. to 11.45 a.m. and then from 1 to 7.30. That's a 2.3 mile an hour clip, which should be expected so late in the trip. I'm in prime shape and the drugs helped as well. Needless to say, being close to sundown, it was not hard at all to fall asleep. The waves of Michigami lullabies me to sleep. Well, that was an interesting day. The original plan was to hike the trail and take a spur trail down to the uh, campground, but my dad did the recon and uh, couldn't find it. And I've actually been back a couple times. There's apparently a trail. I have not found it. So um, if anybody else out there wants to point out where this, this spur trail is and takes it from the trail, uh, please tell me about it, tell me where I can find it. Um, so, yeah, I just took a little shortcut to get to the uh, campground. All right, we'll continue this again. Uh, a couple days left, and uh, we'll have uh, this accomplished. So thanks for joining me. 
This is Tom Funk, and we'll see you again. <laughs>